0: Welcome to the second season of the Gutsy Health Podcast with Shani Roni and Gina Warfel, where we share uncomplicated, practical, and affordable wellness education so you can be a self-healing champion. This episode is brought to you by the Gutsy Health Membership Program, a program that gives you inexpensive tools and resources to heal your mind, body, and soul. Visit our website at mygutsyhealth.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I have my amazing co-host, Gina Warfel Mm -hmm. with me. Welcome, Gina. Hey. And you guys, we have a very special guest on. Her name is Taylor Herrera. And these are some of my favorite interviews because they are experts of healing. And Taylor is an expert in her healing journey. And I love these interviews because it's not like I'm someone with a degree and I know these things. It is someone just like you and me who has become a self-healing champion and advocate and has navigated their healing journey. And Taylor's healing journey is mind-blowing. She was kind of telling us the beginning of it last week. And then I was like, pause, pause, pause. I want to hear everything raw as we are recording. But the beginning of it is she's dealt with hormonal imbalances, inconsistent cycles, ectopic pregnancies, almost losing her life twice. And then having a goal to heal her body and balance her hormones so that she can get pregnant And so she has a phenomenal story and really how joining the Gutsy Academy not only brought her information, but it brought her mindset and community, which she says is one of the most important parts of a healing journey. And Gina and I would have to agree, because when I developed the Gutsy courses and the membership three years ago, it was all just information. It was all just meal plans, but I realized like it had to evolve because that wasn't getting people over the finish line. There had to be more heart. There had to be more soul. There had to be more connection in people's healing journeys because these journeys can feel very isolating. And so I'm excited to bring Taylor onto the podcast to kind of show you guys like how that is such an important aspect of healing, not just downloading information and putting it in your brain, but actually having it kind of like marinate in your heart and soul through connection and community. So Taylor, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Mm. Tell everybody who you are and why you're (laughs) so amazing and just tell us your story.
1: Yeah. So gosh, I mean, it's kind of hard to pinpoint when it started, but back in 2018, I had an IUD put in and didn't have too many problems with it at first. And then over time, it actually started pinching a nerve in my abdomen and I ended up having a surgery and having my appendix removed and to try to find the cause of the pain. And the IUD ended up being the problem. Wow! So that's kind of where it started for me. That was like a year journey in itself, just kind of figuring out where that was coming from. And then fast forward to, I guess this time last year, me and my fiance were trying to get pregnant for the first time. And I never had consistent cycles since the IUD kind of coming and going, and I didn't really know much about ovulation
0: or any of that stuff. Did you have consistent cycles before your IUD? Yes. You did. did. So they were consistent before IUD, that came out, and then they were never the same. Yep. Okay. Okay.
1: Mm. ever the same since then. We had a chemical pregnancy last December. Wow. And then after that, my cycles were just either weird, either had really long time periods of bleeding or just like months without a cycle, like sometimes even six months without a cycle. Can you explain uh, to
0: listeners what a chemical pregnancy is?
1: Yeah. So a chemical pregnancy is essentially like when you get a positive pregnancy test and then any other test you take is negative. Mm. So you could have still technically been pregnant, but it wasn't viable. And so you Mm. probably just had like an early miscarriage.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: Yeah. So my first, I gosh, I think it was March and I found out I was pregnant in February. Mm -hmm. And then in March I found out I was having an atopic pregnancy. Mm -hmm. But at first I was told I was just having an early miscarriage, had lots of bleeding. And so that's what I thought it was, but I didn't really get guidance from the doctors as far as how to take care of it. They just kind of tell you like you're having a miscarriage and I'm sorry. And just to expect some pain and bleeding a few weeks after they told me that I was still in some pretty intense pain. I thought maybe I had an infection or something like that. And I went into the doctor, they said, everything looked totally fine. But when you have a miscarriage, they typically will test your HCG until it goes out of your system completely. So my doctor's like, everything looks fine, but let's just take a blood test and just make sure that your HCG is gone. I got a call the next day when I was at work. My HCG had rose again and quite a bit. And so he told me that I needed to meet him at the emergency room and we were going to have to do emergency surgery. Wow. I met him there and he thought we were just going to do a DNC to kind of see what was going on. What does that mean? Yeah, a DNC. We have to explain all the technical things you're saying. <laughs> DNC is technically where they just go and clean out your uterus, mm-hmm. anything that could have possibly been there. So, an early miscarriage, if there's anything left in there, they just want to clean it out for future pregnancies. Wow. And so, basically, he's like it'll be a quick 20, 30 minute surgery. There shouldn't be any issues. We'll kind of figure out what's going on. And then I woke up and I no longer had a right fallopian tube. They found an ectopic pregnancy that they couldn't find on ultrasounds prior. Wow. And it ended up having to completely remove the tube. It was about to rupture and my abdomen was completely full of blood. Wow. Um, so, what would cause
0: that? Yeah, Do they know what would cause all of that? Like, what causes ectopic pregnancies? I'm sorry, I'm really yeah, you're naive in this world, um, to be honest.
1: Yeah, as far as I'm aware, it's typically like a blockage in the fallopian tube of some sort. Or it could also be if someone's fallopian tube is too narrow mm-hmm. and the egg just can't get to where it needs to go. And mm. then the baby just starts growing in the tube. Yikes.
0: Okay, so it's purely anatomical. Yeah.
1: There's wow. like nothing thing you can do to avoid them and they are super rare but I actually have seen it happen quite a few times since having my own and maybe it's just because I'm more aware of it but it is it doesn't always cause a miscarriage uh yeah there's no way to save an ectopic pregnancy they always Mm -hmm. have to typically do surgery to remove it Mm -hmm. because it can be life-threatening for sure
0: yeah okay so they saw the ectopic pregnancy they had to remove the fallopian tube why was there a lot of blood in your abdomen what was causing that was it the ectopic pregnancy
1: yeah, the topic pregnancy. So essentially the baby was growing and the fluopian tube was going to rupture because there's no space for the baby to grow. Oof. So the blood was because my fluopian tube was about to rupture. Oh
0: my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So they it removed was, all that.
1: Yeah. So doctor told us, you know, thankfully they caught it in time. So I was okay and that we wouldn't need to wait to try and get pregnant in the future because the tube was completely removed. So I didn't have to wait for My tube to heal essentially if they had kept it. And so I actually got a cycle a few weeks after, and that was pretty surprising for me. And we actually got pregnant right away. So the next cycle after surgery, I got pregnant again and found out in May. And then unfortunately, I had a corneal atopic pregnancy, which I'll explain, and had surgery again in June. So that time, it was very unexpected. I mean, the first time was as well, but never in my head or my fiance's head did we think that that was a possibility for us. Right. We were over the moon. We were so excited as we'd been hoping for babies so much. And, you know, this is finally what we were wanting and to happen so soon after the other one, it just felt like it was meant to be for us. And then there was one day they were testing my HCG levels pretty regularly just because of my last atopic pregnancy and things were actually rising really, really good. And then I went to go pick up just like something off the ground one day And I had really sharp pain in my right Mm. side. And I knew something was off because my right side is where I had my tube removed. So I was like, if anything, I don't know what's on my right side that would be causing pain. Right. And the pain got really intense with honestly within like a five minute time span. And I called the on-call doctor and they told me to go straight to the emergency room. So me and my fiance went straight to the emergency room. By the time we got there, I couldn't really stand up straight I was in so much pain I started vomiting at the ER they did some labs and unfortunately if you've ever been in the ER you know it takes a lot longer than you would expect you're there for a long time like all day Um, (laughs) yeah Yeah. so they tested my HCG and my HCG actually had rose again from the last time I had it done so we were hopeful. We're like, well, that last time we were here, it went down. So this is a good sign that it has rose again. And then they decided to do an ultrasound. It was about a 45 minute ultrasound. And I don't think I've ever had that long of an ultrasound. It felt like forever. And I was in so much pain. Yeah. Then the nurse came in to check on me. They knew that they were going to have to admit me to the hospital, but they didn't know if I was going to need surgery that night or the next day. Mm-hmm. And I was super kind of paranoid and they wanted, kept asking if I wanted pain meds. Do you want pain meds? And I was like, no, I don't. Cause you know, I want the baby to be okay. The nurse was like, we don't see a heartbeat. We don't see anything. So you need to not worry about that. And if you're not okay, the baby's not going to be okay. It was a very, very scary time, and my doctor wasn't available, so there was an on-call doctor, and they decided to come that night. It was about 1 in the morning, and they had to call in all the staff for surgery because no one was there, Wow! and it was kind of a mystery surgery. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know the outcome of the surgery. I didn't know anything that was going on. In the ultrasound, they found a lot of fluid, but they didn't know if I had a cyst that ruptured or if it was blood or what it was. So they really just had to do surgery to find out what was going on. Mm -hmm. Again, I went to surgery not knowing what was going to happen. My fiance was there with me, and my family was able to go be with him, which was super awesome. Surgery ended up being about three to four hours. And I woke up and heard them say that they had to take the pregnancy. I'm sorry. But I didn't know what had happened. And I was honestly pretty pretty drugged because it was a long surgery. Right. And they said it was... A very rare corneal atopic pregnancy. I had no idea what that was. I had never heard that before. Yeah. And actually the doctor had never seen it before either. Wow. He said he's been an OB for over
0: 20 years and has never seen this happen. Whoa, and what is a corneal ectopic pregnancy?
1: So when they remove my fallopian tube back in March, they leave a little horn on the tube. I'm not really sure why, to be honest. They just, that's something that they typically always do. So when I got pregnant, the baby had floated up into that little horn of the right tube that was still Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And so I was bleeding out of my abdomen again from that little spot. And so this time they had to cut into my uterus and completely cut out that little horn that was left on the right side. Mm.
0: So that he never seen this corneal ectopic pregnancy. It's extremely rare. What happened next?
1: Essentially, they told us we couldn't try to get pregnant for at least six months minimum. I basically had a C-section. So I had a very Mm -hmm. large scar, like a C-section. And so that healing process was something I was completely unprepared for. Wow. It didn't cross my mind that that was going to happen in a span of, you know, I was completely fine and then had that pain and then had surgery and then was recovering from a C-section.
0: That's insane. I had
1: to miss two weeks of work and basically had a learn how to heal from something I wasn't expecting.
0: Right. That was hard. That must have been really, really hard. And so there, what did you decide you needed to do? Like what came next?
1: So I thankfully actually joined the Gutsy Academy in June. Mm -hmm. That made you decide to do that. What was calling to you? I've listened to the podcast forever and it's always been motivated me and helped me through a lot of hard times or Mm -hmm. just like learning about my body in general. I wanted to be my own advocate and I wanted to be aware of a lot of things that I wasn't before. And Mm -hmm. you guys had just opened me up to that. Like I started learning so much from the podcast. I'm like, gosh, like I really want to do this membership. And the cohort started right after I lost my first baby. And so it was already something that on my radar and something that I really wanted to do. And I was like, this would be really good for me after going through surgery. And then unfortunately, the second one happened after we had already started the cohort. But I think it was something that was really meant for me. And it gave me a purpose and something to work towards Mm -hmm. when my life had just fallen apart. And I didn't know where I was going or what I was going to do next.
0: Well, and what's really amazing, Taylor, is like, this is the first time we did it cohort style. You know what I mean? So everyone's going through it at the same time. So what a beautiful space to be seeing the same faces over and over again. And so how are your hormones around this time and your body and like, how are you feeling? Yeah. So I'm actually,
1: I'm feeling awesome. And I honestly didn't think I would be able to say that Mm -hmm. my cycles were pretty messed up after the Mm C-section, but just learning about the mindset of the body. And I think one thing that stuck out to me a ton was having Brett um, in the classes. Mm -hmm. Um, And one thing that she taught me was I kind of had this feeling that I was like, I was embarrassed of what happened to me and like people would judge me for what happened. But then when we kind of broke it down, I was embarrassed of my own body and not other people. Like there's no reason that anyone would be embarrassed of that. Right. But I realized like, I felt like my body let me down, Mm -hmm. but it came down to like, that wasn't it at all. And I had to learn like my body's here for me and it's not against me. Like it's working for me. And that was Huge mindset change for me. And I feel like honestly, after I worked through that, my cycle started coming back regular. And wow. like this last time I had my first cycle, that was 32 days apart. And I don't even remember the last time that happened.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Isn't that crazy to think about If we put that on our bodies, that our mindset is you're bad, you're against me. It's like, everything is going to shut down. And then we're like, mm-hmm. oh wait, no, you're trying your best. You're working for me. It's like, everything right. starts working again. Right. It's honestly incredible. and such a
1: huge shift. Mentally and physically. And I mean, now I'm to the point where like I know my body. I can tell my body's ovulating. I can tell like all these things mm. that I wasn't aware of before. Like, I know my body so well. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would have been able to say that before.
0: Amazing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we got before joining the cohort and stuff. I mean, you'd got an a C section. Like, how were you feeling in your body? Were you feeling really yucky? That I was, don't want to put words in your mouth. How did it feel?
1: I felt defeated. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had started so many times to try to heal things and then after having two surgeries a few months apart with all the drugs that they put in your system from surgery and having my abdomen like I had no strength anymore yeah and so that was really hard to kind of it took a while to feel like myself again and to feel like I could heal my body because mm-hmm. I think after the first one I was like okay I can do this and then I got pregnant and I was hopeful and then it happened again and I was like gosh Why did this happen to me twice and so close together? And so I think it was just, I didn't feel like myself and I didn't feel like I could trust my body at that time.
0: You know, what's amazing is like, there is power in numbers, you know, when you're feeling defeated and down and you don't feel good. And then you just talk to people about their stories and you hear their wins and you hear, you know, what people are struggling with. Like there's power in community, which is why we wanted to bring that in, right? To just like have people uplift each other. And how remarkable can we just say, how remarkable are our bodies? Before you started the Academy, you had had these two surgeries, your hormones were, it just didn't feel right. And within months, literally like less than half a year, you're feeling, would you say better than ever? How are you feeling?
1: I would say, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm not the same person I was before in the best way, just because I feel Mm -hmm. like I know myself so much more than I thought I could. I know who, like what my body is and who I am. And I Mm. feel like I have this trust and bond with my body that I was kind of just,
0: yes. Yes. Oh That's my the best. God! The trust. trust and bond with my body. The trust. Yeah. And That's bond. what makes all of it worth it. Well, and yeah. isn't it funny how these trials, these dysfunctions, these diseases, these diseases—it's like a refiner's <laughs> fire of commitment between your mind, body, and soul, right? Where it's like you either do or die. You either learn to come and connect and and heal all aspects, or you completely disconnect and move further and further towards dysfunction and disease, right? Hey, listeners, as you know, I am crazy about all things gut health, which means you have to know about Odyssey bars. So many snack bars out there are loaded with artificial sugars and ingredients that just really make me sad. But Odyssey snack bars have chicory root, cassava root and green banana powder in all their bars, meaning your gut biome is going to love these. They are gluten and soy free, with some flavors being dairy free, and they're sweetened with real foods like dates and honey. So your body recognizes these ingredients, versus stuff like erythritol, which can really mess with your gut biome. Each bar is packed with protein, which means your blood sugar will be more stable, as opposed to other bars that are just packed with junk and your blood sugar is all over the place. But not only are these bars delicious, but they're also Gutsy approved. And if you use the code Gutsy, you'll get 10% off every time you purchase your bars at OdysseySnacks.com. Give them a try. You're going to love them just as much as I do. Now back to the show. I did a blood chem analysis and a hair analysis on one of my long COVID syndrome clients, right? She was in bed all day, every day for months after COVID and just like was so sick. And she did exactly as I told her, like hyperbaric and cryo and hocket and ketamine. And after a month, she's like 70% better. And we're looking at her labs is like, yep, this was, there's viral stuff here, blah, blah, blah. And she said, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me because I thought that health was just exercising and counting macros. And she's like, I didn't realize it was a mind, body, spirit thing. She's like dysfunction, this disease really helped me see what true health is. It is mind connection, heart connection, body connection. So it's connection, it's nutrition, it's mindfulness, it's meditation, it's going within, it's reconnecting with every part of us that we've lost over time right? Because we were too busy for ourselves. And so what I'm hearing from you, Taylor, and tell me if I'm wrong or not, but what I'm hearing from you is like, you were able to learn that over the months, right? Yes, you got the information about what it takes to heal with food and supplements and how the body works, but through the mindful practices, through what Britt Lefko brought on the calls, through the connection with the group we always tell you, what is your body asking you, right? Like when people are like, what protocol should I do? We always turn it around and be like, okay, let's go in. Let's all do a body meditation. Mm -hmm. Okay, take deep breaths, drop into your body. What is your body saying, right?
1: I think that was one of the coolest things for me. And I think as hard as it is to think about what I've been through, Mm -hmm. if I hadn't lost myself as much as I did, I don't think I would have been able to find who I am today. Mm -hmm. And I think that the connection of having the academy, like, to be honest, this is the first time I've shared my story and a lot of my family doesn't know what I've been through. Mm -hmm. And I was able to share it with the Gutsy members and I felt so supported from people I've never met in person. And that was such a cool experience. Like I, yeah, it was just, everyone's awesome. And it was something that I needed during this time. And it gave me that safe space that I didn't
0: have. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Mm. It's funny too, because everyone, they're all speaking the same language, right? Like they can all see you. They're all in the same similar healing journeys. And it's funny because the Academy started as I was going through my whole long COVID stuff where I couldn't even like join some of the calls. And then I would find that as I actually joined the calls, because like, this is the sickest I've ever been in my life, right? And so not only are you guys going through your own healing stuff, but I was going through mine too, And I even felt so supported. Like I felt better coming off. Like I would go in feeling really nervous because I'm like, what if I have like an aneurysm or something like these were literally stories. I'm like, what if I have a seizure as I'm like, what if I start to pass out? Like, cause my neurological symptoms were so bad and I would just feel better. I just feel like you said, seen and loved Mm -hmm. and heard. And it's just like, okay, I'm not doing this alone you know, and that's a huge part of healing is like not feeling isolated, not feeling you're struggling in isolation basically. And so Taylor, what were some other highlights that really stood out to you with your healing journey? Things that, that kind of took you by surprise.
1: So one of the biggest thing that took me by surprise is so with that second surgery, I will never be able to have a vaginal birth and I always have to have C-sections. And I think that's something that people can look at as a bad thing or a lot of different ways, you know, perspectives on that. For me, I'm just happy and thankful I have the opportunity to hopefully still carry my Mm -hmm. own babies in the future. And there was one specific course that we went through about gut microbiome. And especially Mm -hmm. when carrying a baby, And how the mother's gut microbiome is the baby's gut microbiome and the benefits of a vaginal birth. But how I can still give my baby those benefits when I have a Mm C-section. I had no idea about any of that, let alone shedding light on how I can still provide that for my baby when I'm able to have them. Learning that was something that was so eye-opening to me, but also exciting. It gave me excitement around like, yes, this is what I have to do in the future but I still am going to be able to provide and give this to my child. And I know how, and I wouldn't have known
0: before. Yeah. Like it's okay to have C-sections. Your baby's not doomed. It's not like, yep, we can. And what you're talking about specifically is that vaginal swabbing, right? You do that vaginal swab and then you put it in the baby's face and nose and mouth and you just vaginally swab and then you put it all over baby's face and whatnot so that they can get that good, healthy microbiome. And then you can give your baby probiotics, put a little bit of probiotic on either their bottle or on mom's nipple. Like Mm. there's so much that you can do to help your baby. And also like baby is already developing their own microbiome as they're growing. So what does your microbiome look like for those nine months? Right. Are you doing the gut infection protocol? Are you taking probiotics? Are you eating fermented foods? Are you eating less? Like there's so much you can help your baby with. And so I'm so glad that was so empowering for you, Taylor, where you're like, I know I need to have a C-section. And I'm going to be fine. Like empowerment over your beautiful journey because it's so unique and there are tools out there. So I'm so proud of you. You've been through a lot. You've been through this refine. this is scary stuff. It caused like lasting PTSD and trauma. And you just kind of like went full force and you're like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep healing. I'm going to like, I'm going to integrate this hard trial I've been through and call it the best thing that could have happened to me. And the courage to join a group and mm-hmm. say, I'm going to learn about my body and my health after traumatic experience and not let that take you down is beautiful. It is. I think
1: it also just helped me like learning about even like you said, your own gut microbiome, like there's things that I've been able to heal that I didn't know of before. And now I feel like my body's in a position where I can give my baby the best, which mm-hmm. maybe before I just, I wasn't able to. Yeah. And now I feel more mm-hmm. empowered that I'm able to give my baby something that I couldn't have before.
0: Mm. I love that. That's so beautiful. What are some other things that stood out to you? Some tools that you have taken away that you feel like you can have forever now?
1: Gosh, I think it's hard to pinpoint just one because there's Mm -hmm. honestly so many and I think it changes as you change. Yeah. But as far as like what I needed now, just like I said it before, but that trust with my body, like I just know myself so well and I can trust myself because I Mm -hmm. struggled with ovulation before as well. And so just knowing that My body's doing exactly what it needs to be doing. And my body knows more than I know most of the time. Mm -hmm. But giving my body (laughs) self-trust back to be like, I know that you know what you're doing and everything's going to be okay. But you have to have that trust, right? You have to know that your body is going to be working for you and not against you. But also learning different ways to cook food to help my body in different ways. And especially going through surgery with all the antibiotics and Mm -hmm. all the yucky stuff that I kind of didn't have a choice. Right learning more about how I can help my body in those situations. Sometimes we can't avoid those situations, but I can now know what I can do to help after those situations happen.
0: I love that. Like more power, right? Yeah. And this is what I want to emphasize is like, we can't live in a perfect world, right? People think I have to do things perfectly and never touch an antibiotic in order for me to attain health. And the thing is, no, you're always going to have to move and shake. You're going to have to adapt to whatever's happening. Sometimes, my example, I got COVID. I had to go on steroids and antibiotics. I would have died, right? And since then, I've had to take two other rounds of antibiotics, you just have to adapt. And it's like, that's okay. I have the gut infection protocol. I can eat a lot of fermented foods. I can eat a lot of fiber. I can take product that have butyric fiber in it, you know, and so I have all these short chain fatty acid products that I can start taking to replenish. It's not the end of the world, right? And like, what a beautiful thing, Taylor, for you to feel like, I have read my instruction manual. I know how this machine works. I know exactly (laughs) what to do now. And if I don't know what to do in a small area, I know how to research it because I have enough background knowledge and enough basis and foundational information to help me become an expert in that small area that we never covered, right? Yeah.
1: I think too, learning how to, like I personally love to cook and that's been kind of an outlet for me, Mm -hmm. but learning from... The classes as well, like how to make my own fermented food or mm. different things I can do. If I can't, if you can't do a lot, that's okay. But knowing the little things that I can do that are going to make a big impact mm-hmm. on that day, maybe I can't make every meal, but I can make one meal and make sure that has the nutrients that I need for that yeah. day, or just kind of learning how to make my plate, I guess, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yes. Just learning those things too has just been so helpful for me and just like a good. Distraction as well. And that's some knowledge that I didn't have
0: before. Amazing. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. And then when you have babies and kids and you can like help them, they get mm. sick, you're like, oh, I know what to do here. I know how to like, handle, I know I can feed them more of these foods and they're going to be fine. And instead, like, here's another thing that really blew my mind about moving to the United States. Every time mom's kids got sick, they would freak out and have to go to the doctor. But you now know it's like they're just getting an update. Yeah, there's some warning signs to look out for, but their body's updating. What a beautiful message you're going to give your child every time they're sick. It's like, it's okay. You get extra snuggles and loves while your body just updates right now let your immune Mm. system update. And it's just app updates, basically. Totally.
1: That's such a cool perspective. I've learned so much of how I want to be as a mom that Mm -hmm. I am so excited and ready for that because I know I feel so much more knowledgeable and like ready to take care of them, you know, in all aspects of their life. But like you said, that's stuff that you don't always think of, but kind of Mm. learning that like, it's pretty cool. And I feel empowered to be able to help my kids have a healthy life, you know, and kind of start the
0: from when they're little. So when you, when you have your babies, go back and listen to episodes I did with Tristan back in the early, it was like, it was the year 2020. What's that? That's Rhonda. No, it was just me and Tristan. Rhonda talks about pregnancy, but Tristan and I talk about first foods with babies and whatnot. Have you listened to (laughs) all the episodes?
1: I have, I went back and listened to that one with Rhonda. I know that one of the Gutsy members recommended that to me. So I listened to that one, but I want to go back and listen
0: to the others. So listen to the ones where we talk about like first foods for kids. It was either in like Mm. January, February that we released those, but it's like, we talk about first foods and if you have to do formula, there's goat milk that you can import from, you know, like it just talks about supplementing and first foods and you know, how to get textures, right? Because moms want to puree everything. And it's like, yes, cut things up small, but they have to touch it. They have to play with it, like let them experience it. They're really good episodes for when you're raising young ones. So Taylor, what's next? Are you guys trying right now? Are you still waiting for your body to just kind of heal a little bit more?
1: So thankfully, I think my doctor was surprised as well, how fast I was able to heal. And I'm honestly surprised. Heck yeah. <laughs> and he,
0: did,
1: he did give us the go ahead to start trying whenever we feel comfortable. I feel pretty comfortable just because I've had regular cycles and I don't feel like I'm not in my body anymore. Like I feel good and I feel in my body. So Mm -hmm. hopefully soon.
0: That is amazing. Will you keep us posted, please? Absolutely. Oh my God, Taylor, this has been so good. These are some of my most favorite interviews is because Mm -hmm. this is real life. You're saying I put A and B together and C happened, right? I have more trust in my body. My body healed faster than I realized. Maybe we can spend a little time before we close up, but You spoke about the Brit stuff, you know what I mean? And how you were embarrassed and all of that. Like, isn't it amazing that when we make those shifts, it energetically changes us, which then chemically changes us. Did you have any other big ahas from all the mindset Zooms that we did with Brit? Because there were some fascinating calls that we had with her.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think there's so many of them. But one thing that I actually helped me a ton was one of the gutsy members messaged me separately Mm -hmm. and she's like hey girl like I know that you said that you felt embarrassed like let's go deeper into this and I was like wow like okay and she helped me go deeper into it and I told her I'm like I feel significantly better because you helped me find that root cause and that was just another member and that was so cool for me and we kind of kept in contact and she is like one of my biggest supporters she's like I'm rooting." that was huge. But also when Britt talked about your seven-year-old self, Mm -hmm. I think that was a really big thing. She talks about how a lot of your emotions develop by the age of seven Mm -hmm. and kind of thinking of things in that perspective of like, what would my younger self feel in this situation or what would I be thinking? And just a ton of different mindset shifts in different ways. But I mean, that was a big one for me too. just kind of thinking about situations. I was like, oh, gosh, like, yeah, this feeling is probably trapped from when I was younger Mm -hmm. or working through those things to develop new beliefs or new feelings around things that were scary. Mm -hmm. Another one that I loved is to not feel scared. You're uncomfortable. Yes. And I always felt like scared in certain situations, but it's like, no, I'm not scared. I'm just uncomfortable, and that's okay. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. I'd like to, to elaborate.
0: Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Because like a lot of listeners won't understand that. So what Brit was, what she was saying was, a lot of times when we're having symptoms right in our bodies, like aches and pains, like we immediately go to fear, right? And she says, you're not in imminent danger, right? You're not dying from this. You're just uncomfortable. And the fear is coming from the story that you're telling in your head. And is there anything else that you want to add to that? Because that was the way she worded it was so powerful.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think I can say it SG to just cause like you said, right. she was so powerful, but I think for me when I was having those pains, I think I was scared, mm-hmm. but I think finding that difference, like you'll know the difference when you're scared or uncomfortable and As far as like now my body will know, like, is this something that I need to go to the doctor about or Mm -hmm. is this something that's just changing in my body and I just don't feel comfortable, but it's because I'm growing or starting to feel new things in my body and get to know myself better. Yeah. And so I think kind of finding that difference of like, okay, what am I feeling? Is this something that's just changing or is it something scary? And I think a lot of times it's honestly helped my anxiety because I don't feel as anxious because I know I'm trusting myself and maybe I'm just a little uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. And you're like, we're just uncomfortable. This is just a growing pain. I like to call them growing pains. I'm like, this is a growing pain. It's not a life threat. Like it's just a growing pain. There's a message here. And when you ask your body, what does it need? What does it want? Oftentimes we'll get an answer, right? Is this an emergency? Right. No. Okay. What and do I you think need right now?
1: I think to letting my body feel emotion because mm. I think throughout this, I tried to not let myself feel it because I didn't want to feel it because it was so heavy. And she kind of taught us to just, you got to let your body feel it to work through it. And Mm -hmm. I think I'm still struggling with it. I mean, I think it's going to be a while, but I feel significantly better than I did. And I can Mm. feel my body starting to process everything and not hold on to it as like a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Just kind of working through it as like that, this is just a part of my story and that's okay. And it's a beautiful thing. And yes, it's hard, but now that's a part of me.
0: Mm-hmm. That actually reminds me of one of the calls that we did where we kind of did like a body scan or a meditation in the beginning. And we asked, what does your body want right now? Like, where's a blockage? Mm-hmm. What does it look like? Does it have a color? Does it have a shape? What does it need right now? And a lot of the members like reported back that it just needed to be acknowledged, right? Some yeah. people were like, I need sleep. Some people are like, I need magnesium. And a lot of people were just like, it just wants to be seen. You know, like we just need to feel that pain and see it and recognize it and honor it and be like, okay, there's actually no message other than the message of connection, right? Right. Like we just keep stuffing it down or taking something to get rid of it. And it's just like, no, just let it be experienced. How weird is it? That part of our healing journey is just experiencing your body for the first time, right? Just being in it. That's part of healing. Like you just have to be right? And it's just, oh, and and that's painful. Like people are literally pained by that. They're like, what? I have to slow down and connect? No, I would rather drug myself up Mm -hmm. and go through more pain in cycles, right? The fact that we have to slow down and feel the whole spectrum.
1: I think slowing down is hard for a lot of people Mm -hmm. as it was for me when I had my second surgery and was on pretty much better rest for two weeks. I yeah. didn't know how to slow down. I loved working. I loved mm. doing all that stuff. And so mm. I was forced to slow down. Yeah. And then I kind of was able to stay slow for a while, but I think it's so needed. And I think a lot of us are go, go, go,
0: yeah. but it's
1: okay to sit in that and feel that so that you can evolve from it.
0: Right. And what's actually the lie, right? Do we really like to go, 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 or is that a belief that was forced onto us by society? And our bodies are actually really calling us to slow down because that's what true That's what honoring ourselves is, right? Like we go, 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 and then we get sick. And it's like, why were we sick? You know, it's like, because you actually didn't honor yourself. You honored what society told you was valuable. You honored them. You didn't honor you, right? We put the dimmer switch down or the volume down on the body signals and the volume up on society signals. Of course, we're going to get sick, right? Of course, the body's literally going to paralyze us and be like no more like I can't keep up anymore my gas tank is absolutely empty and so a lot of healing is actually retraining those switches right putting the volume up on the body voice and the volume down on societies and being like actually no I am going to slow down I don't care what people think of me like what matters is how I feel with me so Taylor to everyone listening right now that is on a healing journey they're frustrated they're Scared. They're hitting walls because that's what happens a lot. Like people hit these walls and then reinforce belief systems that aren't true. Like I'm not capable of healing. My body can't heal. There are no answers for me. What is some advice that you would give them?
1: I think the advice I would have is you're worth it. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that too. I felt like I kind of was in a place where, you know, maybe it wasn't possible for me. And it was. And so I think just knowing that you're worth it to be able to go on that journey and that you, yes, maybe it's an investment at first, but you're going to be so thankful that you did put in that investment because there's no greater investment than yourself. Yeah. When you grow yourself, I don't think there's anything better than that. And having the opportunity to do that with a community, I think just letting people know like it's possible and yes, it's hard and it's uncomfortable. But anyone can do it if they really want to.
0: And I just want to put a plug in, like, it's a heartfelt community, right? I love that everyone comes in in the beginning and it's just like, what protocol? What protocol? Help us understand the protocols. And by the end, we're not even talking protocols. We're talking right. about our body experiences and we're talking about, you know, our emotions and we're talking about symbolism in the dysfunction in our bodies, right? Like the language completely evolves and changes over time. And it's just, it's so beautiful to see people graduate like that, right? And so I'm so, so grateful to you, Taylor, that you invested in yourself. You took a chance on yourself and you took a chance on us, right? Like six months is kind of a big commitment, you know, and like commitment. It's a big deal. It is. It's a big deal, you know, but the thing is for just really leaning into that mm -hmm. beyond just the learning and the education, but to really lean in and connect with the people and just open your heart and vulnerability in the way that you have is so special. And I'm going to put a plug in here. People don't realize I'm loud. But like Gina is this heart, soul (laughs) human, right? She really helps us like drop into our hearts and she's so brilliant. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so you have Gina, you have Britt, you have Kelly who just help us guide these classes and just hold such safe space for people you know, to open up and connect. And so I'm so grateful for all the members have made, created a special community, just such a special community. I'm so grateful to the members that have seen me through some of my hardest times, right. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, I felt healed after zoom calls. I really did. I would come in and just put on a smile because I'm like, I have to lead this and I feel like crap right now. And I would leave and I was like uplifted and I felt like I was like hitting nirvana because we just all feed off of each other's like love and energy. And that's why community is important. It really is. So Taylor, thank you. Thank you for bringing the love, bringing the energy. Thank you for bringing your story, your very vulnerable story. Like it's amazing. We're looking at a warrior right now. You really are
1: also lucky to be a part of the community and to have been able to go through this with all of you guys. I mean, the mentors in this is just, it's pretty phenomenal. And to have that every week and to have that support and that love, like it was exciting. I was like, I'm going to go hang out with my friends.
0: (laughs) It literally feels like tea time for me. Taylor, Mm -hmm. any other parting words of advice before we wrap up that you would like to leave people with?
1: I think just, you know, this is what I went through is something I really don't know many people that have gone through it, but if anyone has can always reach out to me, I'm always here for anyone that's going through anything, regardless of what it is, especially infertility. A topic is something that's not talked about. And so I'm very thankful I got the opportunity to expand on that for a lot of people. And so if it happens to anyone, it just know that you're not alone and you can get through it. And how can people find you on Instagram? Yeah. I mean, I'm not super active on social media. I think I've just tried to focus on myself, but yeah, you can definitely find me um, on my Instagram. What is it? It's just Taylor Nikel. Taylor, how do you spell that?
0: T-A-Y-L-O-R and then Nikel N-I-K-E-L-L-E. Okay, awesome. Taylor, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you for tuning in and listening to Taylor's phenomenal healing story. I can't wait to get updates from you, Taylor, and yes. updates about pregnancy and pictures of your belly. So keep us posted, okay? And listeners, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from this episode. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Gutsy Health Podcast.